Welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Monday, the 19th of June, with me, Bernadette and Echo. On the show today, we'll find out what our analysts think we should be focusing on in the markets if we look at them from a technical perspective. But first, I'm joined by Lucia Cecholovic to review what's been moving markets since our last podcast. Good morning, Lucia. Good morning, Bernadette. Well, I guess uh, perhaps the biggest story this morning is the visit to China by US Secretary of State Antony Blinken, uh, which is uh, showing the first signs of tentative progress, I believe. Uh, Do you know what's come out of it so far? So concrete initiatives have so far included a discussion about increasing flights between the two countries and promoting educational exchanges. The US side hopes to have more details to announce when Blinken speaks at a news conference this evening before leaving Beijing. Of course, the main goal of the visit is to stabilize the strained relationship between the world's two largest nations. Yeah, and I guess as this is the first official visit to the US by a senior official in five years, the the fact that they talk so long has to be at least seen as a step in the right direction. But when I look at Asian markets, I see that stocks are mostly down today. So is something else going on? So yes, you're right. Benchmarks in mainland China and Hong Kong declined alongside Japanese and South Korean shares. Australian stocks were clear outliers, climbing around 0.5%. So Asian stocks fell, led by declines in Chinese tech companies, as investors reset expectations for further stimulus from China after a key meeting on Friday ended with little detail on a stimulus package. Nonetheless, China is set to cut its one- and five-year loan prime rates in decisions expected tomorrow after cutting a key lending rate last week. Some market participants are concerned, however, that small monetary tweakings of 10 basis points here and there are not enough to rebound the Chinese economy. But perhaps they are good enough to send a positive signal to the market. Okay, and uh, getting back to the US, I mean, I know the markets are closed there for the 19th of June holiday, also known as Juneteenth. And they ended last Friday's trading on a negative note. But there's actually some nice statistics from the last week that are worth mentioning, aren't there? Yes, there are. So there are a few milestones that US markets reached last week. For example, both the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq had their best weeks since March. The S&P 500 had its fifth positive week in a row, while the Nasdaq had its eighth positive week. The S&P 500 is also up more than 26% from its bear market low. It has recovered all losses since the first Fed rate hike. Now, moving terrain and taking a look at currencies, um, I think the Japanese yen struggled on Friday after the Bank of Japan's decision to keep its ultra-low interest rate policy. Is that right? Yes, that's right. In contrast to the European Central Bank, which raised rates last week, the Bank of Japan kept rates steady, sending the yen to a 15-year low against the euro. The Japanese unit also fell against the dollar, dropping to a six-month low. However, the yen recovered somewhat this morning. And in related news, Japan said it welcomed the country being removed from the U.S.'s currency monitoring list when the U.S. Treasury published its semi-annual report into currency manipulation last week. Okay, and now coming to this week, uh, there's a lot of central bank meetings this week, as well as an appearance by the Fed Chair Powell before the House and Senate Banking Panel on Wednesday and Thursday. Can you give us an overview, please? There are indeed a lot of central bank meetings this week, 12 in total. These include Chile, China's loan prime rate, which I mentioned earlier, then Hungary, the Czech Republic, Brazil, Philippines, Indonesia, Switzerland, Norway, England, Turkey and Mexico. So the testimony by Fed Chair Powell before Congress will be used by investors to gauge policy expectations for the US. And is there anything else we should be expecting this week, Litsia? 
Yeah, so first things first, European stocks are set to open lower following a mildly risk-off day in Asia. And US markets are closed today, as you mentioned earlier. As for macroeconomic data, the main focus will be on leading indicators as the whole range of flash PMIs, so composite manufacturing and services, is due on a global scale. We will also get Eurozone consumer confidence on Thursday, as well as UK's retail sales data on Friday. So there's a lot to watch out for this week. Thank you very much for the update, uh, Lucia. So now we're turning to the part of the show when I can speak to one of our research experts, and I'm delighted to welcome our Head of Technical Analysis, Mensor Pachinci. Good morning, Mensor. Good morning, Bernadette. We heard it from Lucia earlier that a lot of the US stock markets are rallying to their highs, but I see that the NASDAQ 100 has been up almost every week since early May, which sounds like good news for investors. But I know you've pointed out that it's overbought on many of the technical indicators. So is there a reason for concern? Yes, for investors, of course, when they look at charts and they see that the market is up almost every week. Um, if you then look at some classical technical indicators which signal overbought and oversold readings, then you're seeing that we are at some extremes. So, for example, if we take a look at the relative strength index, we can see that we are here now in the top 5% of all readings since uh, the 1980s. So what does this mean uh, going forward? Um, this is, uh, of course, a bit counterintuitive. We would always think that an overbought reading in the stock market would indicate a top and an imminent decline in prices. Nevertheless, when we look at history, we see that basically the rally tends to continue. So on average, the NASDAQ 100 rises or has risen another 16% when it was as overbought as it is right now. And one explanation might be that a particular or any other equity market index is as overbought as it is right now is it's a sign of strong demand. And usually strong demand doesn't go away from one day to the next. So usually it goes away uh, with, with weeks or months. So that's why we think uh, an imminent top is uh, unlikely. Of course, a short term setback uh, can be seen anytime. But nevertheless, we think that these overbought signals in the NASDAQ 100 or NASDAQ in general are a sign of strong demand for these equities by investors. And therefore, we think uh, there is further upside potential from these levels. That's all from our side. Back to you, Bernadette. Thanks very much for the clarification there, Mentor. Well, this concludes today's podcast. Thank you for joining us. Please tune in again tomorrow when I'll be back with my guests to talk about what's moving markets and also to give you a peek into our mid-year market outlook. So don't miss that. Good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favorite podcast player.